Hey everybody, this is Tim Chavez from Faith Matters. This is part two of our discussion with Michael Wilcox that we're calling God's Many Voices. If you haven't heard part one yet, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to that episode, which was released last week as number 85. In it, Brother Wilcox shared with us why he spent so much time with the ideas and in the holy books of other religions. In this part, we actually got to dive into a few of these books with Brother Wilcox, and he shared several of his favorite passages with us. The books we got to spend a little bit of time in were the Analects of Confucius, the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, the Dhammapada, and the Tao Te Ching. It was so fun to get to spend this time with Brother Wilcox and hear some specifics of what he's learned from faith and wisdom traditions around the world. We were reminded of Joseph Smith's words, One of the grand fundamental principles of Mormonism is to receive truth, let it come from whence it may. We're excited to share the second and final part of the discussion with you. Thanks a ton as always for listening, and with that, we'll jump into the episode. Your listeners uh, can't can't see this, but you brought a stack of books well, with you, stack, knowing uh, that we were going uh, to many, talk about some of these things. Many, <laughs> we would, yeah, we would um, love for. I mean, and honestly, start wherever you want. I know you. I know you have some ideas okay. in mind. Um, I just tried to grab a few things. I'll, I'll kind of end in what I call. I have eight standard works. If it's not heretical to say <laughs> okay. that, okay. I I have eight of them. Uh, the four kind of what I call Western standard works, the Bible and Book of Mormon, Pearl of Great Price, Stock Covenants, and what I call the four Eastern standard works, uh, one from Buddhism, one from Taoism, one from Confucius, uh, one from Hinduism um, that, that have fed me. You know? and, and the nice thing about the Eastern standard works is that they're, they're, they're short. Okay, oh, really? They're little. Short, yeah. okay, you can read them. Uh, <laughs> quickly, but be fed for a lifetime. But maybe before we look at some of those, um, I have found wonderful truth in myth. So for instance, uh, uh, there's a beautiful Greek myth uh, about Philemon, which mm-hmm. we have a man named after him in, in the New Testament, and his wife, Baucis. And they're uh, a, a probably a middle-aged couple. They love each other very, very much. I'm going to do this really quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gods come down, two of them, uh, Hermes and, and Zeus comes down and visits them. They don't know that they are gods. And they're so hospitable and they're so kind and they're so nice to them that the gods grant them a wish. And I like to ask people, if you could ask God for one thing and he would grant it, what would you ask for? It's a nice thing to ponder. Well, they think and they say, very fitting for LDS theology, we never want to be separated. We always want to be together. So when one of us dies, the other wants to go with them. You know, I can understand that emotion very much. My wife's gone. And they're granted that. So they live a long life and they die together. Now, the beauty of this myth is the visual that comes up out of their graves. So out of uh, Bassa's grave, the woman, comes a linden tree. And out of Philemon's grave comes an oak tree. But as they grow, we've seen this in, in sometimes in thick forests, the trunks intertwine and they, they wrap around one another as they grow until the barks merge. You can still see the two different barks but they merge into one trunk and the branches are still linden leaves and oak leaves. And I look at that and say, that is the perfect visual for eternal marriage. Two souls, different, 
different genders, different individuals, different backgrounds, different personalities, and they become one, inseparable, and still maintain their individual identities. Uh, it's, it's, it's an image, and myth does that. Myth gives those kind of images, you know. Our creation story begins with let there be light, mm -hmm. uh, which means intelligence, knowledge, wisdom. God's going to create the world with his intelligence, wisdom, and knowledge. Um, Hindu mythology begins with love. Let there be love. Creation arises out of love. Polynesian, Maori, begins with potential. Hmm. Let there be potential. Now, if you had to choose, let there be light, let there be love, let there be potential, which would you say is the best? Oh, man. Potential kind of wraps it all up. I, I, I feel I, like love probably for me, but I, I, it's almost like they can't coexist without each other. They can't exist without each other. You don't need to choose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See, that's the beauty of it. It was a trick question. But it was it. a trick. Yeah, it was a trick question. Uh, in that they are all unique and power, and I get them all. You see, yeah. and that's part of the power of of myth. Yeah. Um, I gain wonderful truth in stories. You know, so here's a little Hindu parable, but other, other countries' parables. Again, briefly, uh, a man is in the jungle. It's sometimes, depending on if you're telling it, you make things worse for him as you want to make things worse <laughs> for him, okay? He's lost in the jungle. A tiger begins to chase him. He runs. He falls into a pit, a well that is bottomless. And, but there's a branch, and he hangs onto the branch. And so there he is, tiger above, darkness below. He's in this precarious situation, hanging there for his life. Occasionally, they'll have two mice now chewing on the tree. You know, there's different versions. And for, for people in India, this is a definition of what life is like. We say between a rock and a hard place. Life mm -hmm. is just opposition constantly. We find ourselves in difficult places. So what do you do? Uh, you know, sometimes uh, in America, it's our right to complain. We complain, <laughs> okay? In the parable, there's a hive of bees, and a drop of honey has come from the hive above him, and it's sitting on a little blade of grass. So can you picture that little drop of honey hanging on the tip of a blade of grass? And he looks at it. And even though his situation is desperate, he holds on with one hand and slowly, slowly, slowly he reaches out and he takes that drop of honey onto his fingertip, puts it into his mouth and tastes it. And he says, hmm, how sweet. Now that's what a Hindu in a very difficult life in India is going to teach their children. You always in life look for what? Right. Always look for the drop of honey. Tolstoy actually ends uh, the, uh, one of the great scenes in War and Peace with that same truth taught differently. Anne Frank teaches it in the diary of Anne Frank. Same truth. We mm -hmm. always look for the drop of honey. I just don't know anywhere it's taught better than in that Hindu parable. Wow. Love those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes you'll get it in the a life of somebody, somebody's life or a story about their life. 
Uh, I believe Jesus walked on water and Joseph Smith translated uh, golden plates. So I don't know why I should hesitate to believe some of the kind of miraculous things of other faiths that, that feed me. <clears throat> so here is the Buddha trying to be enlightened. He's trying to find an answer to human suffering. Uh, enlightenment. And he starves himself for the longest time. The, the story of the Buddha is a very beautiful story. But anyway, he, he finally realizes that, that the self-denial is not the solution. So a, a girl gives him a bowl of rice. He eats it. And he's looking at this empty bowl. And he takes it down to the river. And he lays it in the water of the river. And he says, if I can find the key to life, to enlightenment, let this bowl float upstream. And the bowl swirls in the eddies, moves into the current, and floats upstream against the current. Then he goes and sits under the Bodai tree because looking for enlightenment. Now, that little story, what is it saying? The answer the Buddha is going to give is, remember, compassion and selflessness. But living a life totally without ego, without the I, me, and my's, totally in compassion uh, for other people is like going against the stream. And what is that story of the Buddha's life teaching? It's possible. Mm -hmm. You can live a selfless life of compassion and empathy. Wow. That's beautiful. So it's a, it's a wonderful story. But usually what I find uh, the best are in words. You know, it's the words they leave us. Uh, Bertram Russell said, uh, and, um, the, uh, history is written in three books. The book of deeds, the book of arts, and the book of words. Hmm. And it's a fun conversation to have with people. Which of those do you think is the most important? Which has the most power? Is it deeds? Uh, is it arts um, or is it words? I'm not falling for this again. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You're not gonna. I'm not asking you to fall for. It. Actually, I, I, I would say again, you're gonna have people debating this, but that that words for me have the greatest impact. Okay, in America, we hold these truths to be self-evident yeah. that all men are created. Those are powerful. It's more powerful than Bunker Hill or Yorktown or Gettysburg. Okay? It's the right. words yeah. that live, yeah. the words of Jesus. It's it's words we get. Uh, uh, section 135, the martyrdom, John Taylor emphatically tells us Joseph Smith died for words. Mm. He died to leave us words. So I just like words. Yeah. So here's one from Orthodoxy, just where you okay. can see what's out there. This is, uh, you know, almost 1,500 years old. Latter-day Saints think that we're unique in believing that man's destiny is to become a god. But the Orthodox have been teaching that for over a thousand years. So here's uh, Maximus the Confessor. He lived from 580 to uh, uh, 662. Okay, so he's, he's living in a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And he writes this. The Word, meaning Jesus, was made flesh in order that the whole human being would become God. 
Jesus came to make men gods. That's what he's saying. The word was made flesh in order that the whole human being would become God, deified by the grace of God become man, whole man, soul and body by nature, and becoming whole God, soul and body by grace. I don't know that Joseph Smith ever wrote anything. That's incredible. I'd never that, heard that. Uh, that uh, you know, that's right up there with yeah. Adam Feld that men might be yeah. men are that they might have joy. It's just powerful. Mm -hmm. And the Orthodox would say, Jesus showed you that on the Mount of Transfiguration. He showed himself in glory, not to say, I am God, but he showed himself in glory to say, I can make you just like this. Wow. So I go to is uh, the Quran. Okay, let me just pull one out of the Quran, Muhammad, because a lot of Americans in particular and Christians don't think Muhammad had much to offer. We're, we're scared of it. Uh, we're, we're antagonistic right. towards Islam. Uh, and I get to go to the Middle East a lot, and uh, there are a lot of wonderful, wonderful uh, Muslim people. Mm -hmm. um, you've got me on uh, one of my uh, favorite topics. So here's, I don't think Muslims know this. I, I once had a conversation in Cairo with a very dear Muslim friend, and I, I told him, you know, the Quran teaches this principle. And he says, I, I, I don't think it teaches that. And I says, let me, I'll show it to you. you know? and so they sometimes don't even know, just like we don't even right, know right. what we teach. It's in the surah called The Table. <clears throat> and he starts by saying, um, Allah is speaking. There is guidance and there is light in the Torah, which we have revealed. So Muhammad is telling his followers, uh, Allah is speaking. Allah is always speaking in the Quran. <clears throat> there is light and truth in the Torah. Wow. Um, by it, the prophets who surrendered themselves to Allah judged the Jews, and so did the rabbis and the divines. They gave judgment according to Allah's scriptures, which he had committed to their keeping and to which they themselves were witnesses. And those prophets, after those prophets, we sent forth Jesus, the son of Mary, confirming the Torah already revealed and gave him the gospel in which there is guidance and light corroborating that which was revealed before it in the Torah, a guide and an admonition to the righteous. And to you we have revealed the book, the Quran. With the truth, it confirms the scriptures which came before and stands as a guardian over them. Now, I, I sometimes wonder when that's in there, why then a Muslim wouldn't feel absolutely comfortable in studying uh, yeah. the Gospels. But then he gets really what I call mature religion, really mature religion. We have ordained a law and assigned a path for each of you. Had all pleased, he could have made you one nation. But it is his wish to prove you by that which he has bestowed upon you. So vie with each other in good works. Sometimes it's translated, so compete with each other in good works. My favorite translation is, so strive as in a race 
in all virtues. If you're going to be at odds with one another, the competition is who can produce the greatest goodness. Wow. Uh, trouble with religion is being right became more important than being good. Yes. That's the problem. Yes. And being good is more important than being right in the sense. Being right mm -hmm. helps you to be good. And so he's simply saying, quit fighting and arguing with one another. Just see who can produce the greatest goodness. And then he ends with, to Allah you shall all return. You're all going to come up to me again in the end. All you Christians, Buddhists, Muslims, uh, Jews, Mormons, you're all going to come up here. To Allah you shall all return. He will declare to you what you have disagreed about. He'll straighten it out for you. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. That's, now, that is... Wow. That's amazing. That's Quran. That's uh, high, high religion. The Quran wow. says there is no compulsion in religion. Had your Lord willed everyone on earth, would have believed. Shall you then force people to become believers? O oh, mankind, we created you from a single soul, male and female, and we made you into nations and tribes so that you may come to know one another. God celebrates yeah. the differences. Just learn to love one another and to, and to work with one another. You will not attain to goodness until you give of the things that you love. Quran. Now, I also like to collect what I call hadiths. These are statements of the prophet Muhammad that didn't make it in the Quran. Okay? But okay. they're stories and statements. None of you truly believes until he wishes for his brother what he wishes for himself. I think we call that the... Golden rule. Golden rule. You will find it. Every single great teacher is teaching really? it. Every single one. I'll show you a couple others if we have time. Yeah. This is the one I asked you before that, you know, you're, you're getting nervous that I'm going to trick you on this. <laughs> no, we're going to, you should have said it. And we this can, one you're going to we'll, get. We'll know it. We'll yeah, know the answer. I love this statement by the Prophet Muhammad. I quote it because uh, Islam is perceived as being hostile to women. Mm -hmm. And in the outer layers, you're going to find it. Right. But, but we're looking for the core, right? The most perfect in faith among believers is he who is, I like to say, fill in the blank. How would you describe the most perfect of believers in faith? And you're going to get a lot of interesting answers. This was <laughs> Muhammad's answer. The most perfect in faith among believers is he who is best in manner and kindest to his wife. Okay. <laughs> you want to see who a true believer is? You watch how he treats yeah. his wife. Yeah. Yes. Paradise lies at the feet of the mothers. Wow. And then I love this one. Three things can help a person after death. One, charity, which he has given. Two, knowledge, which he has taught. And prayers in their behalf by a righteous child they have raised. Wow. Now, I love that second one, knowledge he has taught. Joseph Smith teaches in section 130 that whatever principle of knowledge we get in this life, we take with us. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful truth. I have to say, loving Joseph Smith, that Muhammad just upped him just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. okay? He just upped yeah. him. Muhammad would say, that's true. We get to take knowledge with us. But what really matters 
is did you share it? Yeah. And of course, that's Latter Day Saint. We want to share all these yeah. these things. So there's yeah. a little Islam. Oh, love okay. that! Wow. Thank you. Yeah. And now, if we go to uh, a little book uh, for those who are watching, it's yeah. Um, yeah. it's called the Dhammapada, um, uh, the Buddha. It's just a like I say. I, I I've read this dozens of times. It's. You can tell. I mean, you can see it's. <laughs> yeah. It, it, when I get to it. Uh, uh, it's just underlined everywhere. You know, I, I just underline it. Um, you can study it for a lifetime, some of his major teachings. I chose a couple because of the atmosphere of the world um, and how harsh we are mm -hmm. in our speaking. We talked a little bit at the beginning that Eastern religions, the problem is suffering. And the answer is compassion and empathy. Western religions, the problem is sin, and the solution is forgiveness and mercy brought by Jesus. But anymore in today's interaction with people, the answer to sin and human weakness is outrage. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> we're just so we're always outraged. Yeah. And we don't mind speaking it and texting it. So here's the Buddha speaking to 2021 Americans. Mm. Okay. In due season will I speak, because one of the great articles of faith of Buddhism is right speaking. Learn how to speak correctly. In due season will I speak. In truth will I speak. Gently will I speak. To one's prophet will I speak. With kindly intent will I speak. And if I can't speak that way, I will not speak. Wow. It's just really, uh, uh, I do love the Buddha. Uh, he was, uh, in his teaching, he would attach his messages to common things so that the people could see, oh, there's a cartwheel, okay, and a cart. I know, I, there's a spiritual <laughs> truth. Jesus did that. You mm -hmm. attach a spiritual truth to a very common object so the rem remembrance is always there. Mm -hmm. Um, our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. As a man thinketh, so he is. I think we've mm -hmm. heard that before. This is 600 years before Christ, the Buddha's mm -hmm. living. Suffering follows an evil thought as the wheels of a cart follow the ox that draws it. Our life is shaped by our mind. We become what we think. Joy follows a pure thought like a shadow that never leaves us. He was angry with me. He attacked me. He defeated me. He robbed me. <clears throat> Those who do not dwell on such thoughts will surely become free from hatred. For hatred can never put an end to hatred. Love alone can. That is an unalterable law. Martin Luther King Jr. taught it. Okay. Gandhi taught it. They're getting it out of Eastern religions, you know, in a sense, and yeah. out of the, the teachings of the Savior, you know, love your enemy. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll jump, uh, uh, this, this is one of my standard works, okay, the Dhammapada, one of my <laughs> okay. Eastern standard works. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> if you do what is good, keep repeating it and take pleasure in making it a habit. A good habit will cause nothing but joy for happiness is the accumulation of good. 
Let no one think lightly of good and say to himself, joy will not come to me. Little by little, a person becomes good as a water pot is filled by drops of water. As a, as a cave in Sri Lanka, I visited Buddhists, the Buddhist-like uh, caves, you know, and, and, and there was a great big enormous pot, you know, as, as mm. almost big as this table. And there was a crack in the ceiling of the cave where a little drip of water would come down and drop by drop and, and, and it's overflowing. Okay, so these little drops filled this whole pot and overflowing, spilling out on the floor as, as a visual of what he's trying to say. Now he also says that evil will do the same thing. If you cannot find a friend who is good, wise, and loving, walk alone like an elephant roaming in the forest. It is better to be alone than to live with the immature. Wow. The Buddha was always, he never used the word, the, rarely, the wicked, the, mm -hmm. the bad. The, he was always saying the, they're the immature. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, or, or he would say, well, this is not, we're, gonna, we're arguing about the Trinity. Mm -hmm. And the Buddha would say, this is, this is not useful. It's not useful. We need to always look for what is useful in trying to make us uh, better people. And if you can't find that, then walk alone. He ends the Dhammapada with a description of, of you know, the, the highest caste in India was Brahman. And he fought very hard to, he didn't like the caste system. Him I call a Brahman, the highest who is true, ever kind, and then this mature sense of religion. He never asks what life can give, only what he can give to life. Now religion, in its truest, most mature form, is giving. It's a giving thing. So when somebody comes to me and says, I don't need an organized religion, I don't need to go to church, I, would, I don't argue with them. I would say, you're probably right. What does that have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're needed. Mm. And God has given you gifts. He's given us all gifts. And if I go and engage in a religion because I'm hoping to get something, I'm undoubtedly going to be disappointed eventually. But that's not why I engage in a religion. I go to give. Mm. And if I get, which I'm going to, that's the bonus. But the main focus is I go because I'm going to give. Mm. So that's a little Buddhism. That. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um, you want a little uh, Hindu? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, please. We're probably out of time and then you can just add it and cut out whatever you <laughs> but don't. But I really, I'm, I'm looking at all. those last two and I just, Wam I don't want to skip those. So let's do, we, let's we, can, <laughs> we can do them. This is the, the Gita. <clears throat> The Hindus have, you know, really big, uh, very long, uh, uh, epic classics. But mm. the the one that is I would recommend people read is called the Bhagavad Gita, or the, just the Gita. Again, very small, very mm -hmm. simple, but you can study it for a lifetime. Uh, this is the book that made Gandhi Gandhi. Now, he also read the Quran, and because there's Muslims in India, and, and he's, but, but if you had to say, what is the essence of Gandhi? The essence of Gandhi is the Gita. And the Gita is a great deal about love. 
he says, I'm just pulled a few out. Okay, I hope. Uh, he who delights with the bliss and suffers with the sorrows of every creature within his own heart, making his own each bliss and each sorrow, him I hold the highest. Now we have as part of our baptismal covenant in the Book of Mormon, are you willing to mourn with those that mourn? That's a little easier. Mm -hmm. in, uh, in Hinduism and in, in, in Buddhism also, you have what are called the immeasurables. This is what you meditate on. We, we meditate kind of for our, our own purposes. It's, uh, our uh, Americans meditate, not all, I mean, I'm making a judgment, Forget. I shouldn't make a judgment, <laughs> but a lot of meditation is viewed as kind of to calm myself, clear right. my mind, etc. Yeah. Uh, meditation as it was really taught was um, to try and connect yourself with other people. So one of the immeasurables, meaning there's no end to it, is a meditation called the meditation of compassion. Now I make your pain my pain. Mm -hmm. I try to close my eyes and enter you and understand exactly what you're feeling so that I know best how to. In Alma 7, Jesus came to succor that. Right. Um, but then they have another one, and that's what he's talking about here, the meditation of joy or of bliss. Now I'm trying to feel your joy as if it were my own joy. And that's very hard because we get threatened by it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's easier for me to say, I feel your pain as though it's your pain, but to feel your joy as though it were my that joy, so true. I may be envious or jealous or, or wonder why I don't get it. And so here's the Gita saying, the highest is those who can right. feel the joy of others as though it wow. is your joy. That's incredible. Also. Wow. There is a definition in the Gita of a person's who has tendencies towards the divine. So Joseph Smith taught we can be eternal, we can be gods, okay? Yeah. And this, they're teaching that also in the Gita. And he gives you a list. Now, a lot of them we would agree with. He controls his passions, he's charitable, he's straightforward, he's truthful, um, he's not greedy, he's gentle. We're not gonna argue. But there's some that I really like, for instance, this one. He or she abstains from useless activity. I can't tell you how that sentence hanging over my head has made me wonder about my life. Okay. He refrains, abstains from useless activity, and then this very positive statement. He or she has faith in the strength of his higher nature. I have faith that there is something in me that leads me upwards. Such Wow is their birthright. Yeah, oh, I love that. And then he ends the Gita, because it's love. Um, all mankind is born for perfection. A lot of Christians need it. There's some pretty harsh Christian doctrines that, that, that need to be mellowed with that truth. Mm -hmm. All mankind is born for perfection, and each shall attain it. Hmm. Will he but follow his nature's duty? You just follow what is in you, you will attain it. And what is the main thing you have to follow? Totally free from the sense of ego, tranquil of heart, 
That man is ready for oneness with God. Calm in mind, regarding all men with equal acceptance. This is the one who loves me most dearly. For to love is to know me, my innermost nature, the truth that I am. Through this knowledge, one enters at once into my being. You want to wow. know God? You love it. I, even Les Mis got that one right. Yeah. yeah. Right. To love another person is to see the face yep. of God. The man who loves me and teaches my devotees this supreme truth of the Gita, wow. love, will certainly come to me. Wow. So uh, that's kind of India. Uh, that's my two st uh, standard works from India. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now I have two from, uh, from China. Uh, one of them is Confucius, and he wrote a little book called The Analects. And you can go and get, you know, penguin classics, and they will help mm. you with these things. Mm. So in, in Confucian thought in China, <clears throat> the idea is the you're trying to produce what the translation is, is a gentleman, okay? And Confucius is, this is 600 years before Christ, Mm -hmm. is saying it isn't birth, it isn't wealth, it isn't land, it's the quality of your character. Okay. Um, section 121, the last part of section 121, is really Confucian. Okay? If I were ever to teach the gospel in China, one of the first things I would teach people would be the last part of section 121. That's so interesting. Okay? Many are called, yeah. but few are chosen because uh -huh. Um, they can't acquire the qualities, and then they give a list of qualities. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's what Confucianism is basically about. Here are the qualities we're trying to acquire in life. And uh, as we said, benevolence is one of the lead, lead ones. So I just picked a few. That's the essence of it. Okay? Okay. There, there are other things in the doctrine. Section 93 is, is really good Hinduism. It, the old sages uh, predating the Buddha uh, would love section 93. Uh, the Orthodox would love section 27. So one of, part of my faith in Joseph is that he just <clears throat> hits them so many times, mm -hmm. um, these eternal principles and truths. So we have a lot of, again, problems in our world, the divisions and... and uh, Everybody wants to fix the world by fixing everyone else. Right. And Confucius and Mencius and some of the others say, no, you fix the world by fixing yourself. Quit worrying about fixing everybody out there. Fix yourself. And then he gives, this is one of the great Confucian classes called the, from the Great Learning, the ancients <clears throat> who wish to bring order to their states want to bring order to America, would first regulate their families. China's big family, okay? Mm -hmm. Those who wish to regulate their families would first cultivate their personal lives, rectify their minds, and make sure their intentions were sincere. Only when the personal life is cultivated, the family will be regulated. And when the family is regulated, the state will be in order. And when the state is in order, there will be peace throughout the world. Wow. 
So we would say, what is the adversary trying so hard to do? From a con Chinese, perf perf you know, Confucian perspective, we said, destroy the family. Mm -hmm. Cause people to constantly look at everybody else and say, you're the problem, you're the problem, you're the problem, instead of looking at themselves. And uh, I got the best way to worship in the temple from Confucius. Really? From uh, the Analects. So here's this little thing. The master went inside the grand temple, and there he asked questions about everything. And someone remarked, who said that Confucius understood the rites? When he went in the grand temple, he asked questions about everything. The master on hearing this said, the asking of questions is in itself the correct worship or rite. Oh, wow. So Confucius would say, you know what, the first time I went to the temple, what was I doing? Oh, I was looking around, was, my mind was going racing. Yeah. Why right. are we doing that? What's that about? Was, which is exactly what God wants us to wow. do. Wow. Right. As soon as we stop asking questions in the temple, uh, we've stopped worshiping. It's one of the major ways we worship. But I got it from Ooh. Confucius, okay? I, yeah. didn't, I didn't get it from a conference talk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, got, I got it from the Analects of Confucius. Wow. Written 600 years before Christ. So I just picked a book. Uh, it's in little books, like chapters. And okay. I said, okay, so you can see what mine looks wow. like. Wow. Okay, it's, um, here's just a little bit of a flavor of the Analects. Benevolence is the high principle. Okay? All life must be right. The master said, of neighborhoods, benevolence is the most beautiful. How can the man be considered wise who, when he has the choice, does not settle in the neighborhood of benevolence? Wow. Why would I choose to go in, in some contentious environment? Right. But the benevolent man is attracted to benevolence because he feels at home there. Oh, wow. And Confucius would say, wherever you feel at home, you will, wherever a man feels at home, you'll know something about him. Wow. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Is there a man? Uh, again, they're all the great sages and prophets. and They're always positive about man. They're not negative. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I, if I see a writer or somebody that's, that's putting down, you know, too much, um, I, I get a little nervous about them. Mm -hmm. Is there a man who, for the space of a single day, is able to devote all his strength to benevolence? Can you spend one whole day purely in benevolence? Now, when I, I like to ask that and say, but how do you think he's going to answer that question? <laughs> and, and we might say, oh, well, I don't know. That might be really hard. Okay. <laughs> the whole day, totally in benevolence. Yeah. But he says, I have not come across such a, such a man whose strength proves insufficient for the task. There must be such cases of insufficient strength. Only I have not come across them. Wow. Wow. So what he's saying is it is absolutely absolutely possible to live an entire day in but I've never met a man who couldn't do it. That's what wow. he's saying. Wow. Kinda wanna try it. <laughs> in his dealings with the world. I'm still just in chapter four. Okay. Wow. This and these little cha the chapters are very small, a couple yeah. of pages. 
In his dealings with the world, the gentleman is not invariably for or against anything. He is on the side of that which is moral. Ooh. I I just you know some I look at politics and sometimes yes. I, I you know politics is a nasty business in a lot of ways but sometimes I just think could you just not always be for party party mm -hmm. party 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 mm -hmm. um, and pretend that you're for morality mm -hmm. and occasionally when I see somebody that I really feels standing up for morality I just tip my hat yes. Yeah. Still in chapter four, just a few others, there is, is there one single thread binding my way together? One thing that would link everything I'm teaching. This is the core of Chinese thinking right here. It appears often in the Analects. The master said, the single thread consists in doing one's best and in using oneself as a measure to gauge his behavior to others. We call wow. that the golden rule. Again. Yeah. There, there wow. it is. I, now he says that specifically, um, I marked it here, because I just said, I'm just gonna do one chapter. He was once asked again, is there a single word which can be a guide to conduct throughout one's life? The master said, it is perhaps the word shu in Chinese, which means to use yourself as a measure in, for others. But then wow. he clarifies it. Do not impose on others what you yourself do not desire. Wow. Now Jesus is going to make it positive. Do unto others as right. you have others. And I just want to point out, as, yeah. as I'm able to see this, you're like, and for for our listeners, like the books that you're that you've been reading out of are marked up, it, and I saw the inside of your Book of Mormon here as well. It looks just the same. Yeah, there there's in fact them with a the pages pencil, yeah, falling out. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I'll mark them with a red pencil, and then yeah. on. Yeah, it's. Um, I like to reread them every now and then because they they make me want to be a better person, and because I see God's footprints. I can see God saying, Mike, is this persuading and enticing and inviting you to be good? I am saying it certainly is. Then what do you know about it? Mm -hmm. What do you know about Chinese wisdom? It's from, it's from you. So stretch your foot out and encompass it and bring it in. And maybe yeah. quote it a little bit to your other Latter-day Saints. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the way of the mouth. Okay. Um, I love this. When you meet someone better than yourself, Turn your thoughts to becoming his equal. When you meet someone not as good as you are, look within and examine your own self. Oh my so, gosh. Wow. so we say when you look at somebody that's not as good as you, <laughs> condemn them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or feel good. Oh, I'm glad. At least I'm not that bad. bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's saying no. When you look at the other people's faults, turn yourself inward and ask yourself, uh, Lord, is it I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Lord is it my favorite story of Joseph Smith is just that thing when a woman comes to him and complains about someone gossiping about her and uh, he says uh, well let me give you my system of dealing with people who say things that aren't kind and nice about me which he had a little bit of experience with right. he says I let my mind go back to the time and the circumstances and the place and ask myself if in some way Unconsciously, I laid the foundation for the problem that troubles me. 
And if I find I can, then in my heart I can forgive that man or that woman for giving me this, uh, for warning me of a weakness I did not know I possessed. Wow. Then he said to the woman, would you do the same? And she thought, and she said, yeah, I think I, I probably, in a small way, small way, <laughs> maybe I'm partially to blame for this. And he said, then in your heart you can forgive this good brother who risked your friendship to give you this clearer view of yourself. Oh. And that's what he's saying. Right. See, when you see the weaknesses of other people, examine yourself and see. The gentleman, one last one, the gentleman helps others to realize what is good in them. He does not help them realize what is bad in them. Ooh, I love that one. The small man does just the opposite. Mm. Oh, that's so good. And in terms of the thing that really got me onto Confucius in the first place was this, I can't remember where I found it, but um, I think about it when I think about our striving for perfection or our learning. And he said, learn or strive for perfection, learn as though you were following someone you had no hope of catching, but were afraid of losing sight of. That's why I feel about Jesus. I follow him as though he says, follow me. And I say, Lord, I have no hope of catching up with you, but I'm afraid of losing sight of you. So, right. yeah. yeah. Well, the most difficult one, that's why you save it for last. If you're going to read the four standard works, maybe I'll get in trouble for using that phrase <laughs> of them, but uh, uh, the great, uh, I call them my Eastern standard works. The Tao Te Ching by a, a man named Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu, that's how they say it in China, but, mm -hmm. which means old man. Uh, his, his story is... He just got so fed up with people. You know, sometimes people can be annoying. <clears throat> and this is the great Taoist classic. Okay. And Taoism is about harmony with nature. Confucianism is mostly harmony with people. Confucius would say we, and Menzi, and all the Confucian scholars, uh, sages would say we, 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 we live with other people. We have to learn how to live with them. Mm -hmm. So develop benevolence and courtesy and 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 respect within family and, and practice in your family how to treat each other so when you go out in the world, you know how to treat other people. The family is a schoolroom for all of society. Yeah. Uh, the Taoists are more likely to, well, let's go out and contemplate nature. Or let's go out and, and, and be in solitude and, 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 and feel that. And uh, So Lao Tzu was a little tired of people. And uh, we probably all feel that way, don't we? You know, yeah, yeah. The, the commandment specifically is love your neighbor. I wish so many times God had said, love humanity. Mm -hmm. I would say, Lord, I can love humanity because they're out there. <laughs> right. Okay. But when you tell me I got to love my neighbor, his dog just pooped on my front yard. <laughs> you know, exactly. so. I, it's my neighbor that I have difficulty. And he doesn't say, I suggest it to you. He says, thou shalt. Yeah. So I'm kind of, uh, it's the neighbor. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> Lao Tzu got a little tired of, of nobody listening to him. And, and, and just the world was kind of a chaotic mess. And so he gets on a water buffalo, as the story goes. 
and rides out of China. <clears throat> I'm out of here. <clears throat> I have a little statue in my home, I could, I could have brought it, of Lao Tzu on his water buffalo oh, wow. to remind me because the Tao Te Ching next to the Bible is the most read book on earth. Really? <clears throat> very small, you can read it in an hour. Very esoteric, very difficult. You have to, it, mm. it will cause you to think forever because he's giving these cryptic little things like, the great square has no corners. I say, <laughs> the great square has no corners. Now, what he is saying is, we would say it this way, don't box yourself in. Mm. The more you put limits, your politics puts a corner. You're, you know, we are constantly putting corners. And he's saying, you want to keep all the options and the possibilities open. Don't restrict yourself as much as we restrict ourselves. It's yeah. Simplified is what he's saying with that. So there's all kinds of those things. So you really have to ponder. Yeah. <clears throat> and in this one, I'm constantly writing in English, <laughs> in my language, what I think he's saying. Okay. So um, <clears throat> as he reaches the gates of the frontier of China, the gatekeeper says, you are this great sage, you have this great wisdom, you've lived your whole life. Don't leave without giving us something. Uh, write down something for us. Remember, words are the greatest things that you can leave. And so he sits down there at the gate and he writes the Tao Te Ching with all his wisdom in very cryptic, short, a lot of things that you have to think about. I didn't pick a lot of those. I just picked a couple that are okay. not cryptic. And okay, one, of them that, one of them that you will recognize because uh, most people can quote at least one thing from the Tao Te Ching. So here is uh, an easier one, <clears throat> but again, one I think of. There is no danger greater than having too many desires. There is no disaster greater than not being content. There is no misfortune greater than being covetous. Hence, in being content, one will always have enough. Ooh. So he's just trying to help. That's Taoism, is trying to live life in a little bit ease, a little bit simplify. When we say, go at the flow, that's Taoism. Mm. Okay, go mm -hmm. with just kind of go with the flow. That's a <clears throat> very Taoist uh, idea. Now he says, um, when walking on the great way, in China we call it straight and narrow path, and in China it's called the Tao, uh, the way. Okay. Just the way things go, the way the universe flows, and I got to get in that flow and just go with the current. It'll take me where I need to go. That's what we're looking for, our fixed foot. Lao Tzu would say, well, stick your fixed foot in the way. Mm. Okay. Were I possessed of the least knowledge, I would, when walking on the great way, fear only paths that lead astray. The great way is easy to walk, yet people prefer the byways. Mm. Wow. We just won't stay on the path, will we? <clears throat> and of course, it's always harder to walk the other ones. I'll quit with this and then conclude with a, this little story that Great. Great. 
hopefully we didn't burn all your time <laughs> even on a on a on a splitting it in two <laughs> well we always want to find what wherever we look we always want to find the great the core of all cores yes okay, the, we always want to find the two great commandments love god and love your neighbor yeah. as you're there. you're you're always going to find them okay i would i would rather stand before god and have god say to me mike um, you Latter-day Saints were all wrong. Your doctrines were all wrong. Your ordinances were wrong. Your your uh, forms of worship were all wrong. Um, however, you were the most kind, loving, forgiving, tolerant, inclusive, open, charitable, empathetic people on earth. Come into heaven in a couple of hours. I'll straighten out all your yeah. doctrines for you. I love that that easy i'd rather him say that to me than say to me <clears throat> of any religion okay and i would go you catholics you buddhists you 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 evangelicals you you mm -hmm. methodists whatever you just fit your own thing in there right okay? <clears throat> i'd rather him say that to me than to say you you mormons you latter-day saints you catholics you orthodox you muslims whatever you fill in the blank um, your doctrines were all correct, absolutely correct. I can't find a jot or tittle that's not right. Your ordinances were correct, your doctrines were right, your creeds were right. However, you were the most self-righteous, <laughs> condemning, judgmental, uh, priggish, uh, intolerant. Um, did I say judgmental? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People on earth, I can't help you with that. Wow. Yeah. I can't help you with that. I can straighten your doctrine, which is basically what Muhammad is saying when yeah. I read that. He's basically saying that. Uh, you live your religion and, and don't argue. Try and see who can be the best kind of people. And uh, when you get up here, I'll, I'll work your doctrines out. Now, doctrines do influence behavior. They do. We want correct doctrines. We want the fixed foot in the best doctrines yeah. because that will help produce the best people. Yeah, but we do treat it sometimes with our rightness. Sometimes we want we want that rightness. It is so much. in almost all religions. Yeah, it is more important to be right than to be good. Yeah, and sometimes I've I've said to occasionally people who are quoting the Bible, some you know what the Bible says, you know, and I've sometimes said, you know, let better that the Bible or your interpretation of the Bible be wrong, and God good. Oh, yes. You know, uh, better that Paul missed it. Or that we're not reading it right, but but for heaven's sakes, let's always let God be good. Wow! Yes. Because all of us uh, probably in, insult him a few times by saying, "You don't know me." That's what these, mm -hmm. that's what you, you don't know me. When you teach that, you don't know me. Right. Yeah. Okay, so here we are. I don't know how I got off on that one. <laughs> Um, do good to him who has done you an injury. Okay, again, centuries before Christ. Well, this yeah. is uh, this is pure Jesus right here. Yeah. Well, we'd say, well, how come Lao Tzu be teaching that? Where did he get it? <laughs> well, he got it from the same place Jesus got it. Same Father. Do good to him who has done you an injury. Now that's difficult. Yeah. And so he tells us difficult things in the world must needs have their beginnings in the easy. And big things must needs have their beginning in the small. Um, <clears throat> so
so if we're trying to do good to those who've done at least start in a little easier. When somebody's really done you an injury, isn't the time to start practicing that. Uh, you start practicing that when it's not so difficult. Mm -hmm. Deal with a thing while it is still nothing. Keep a thing in order before disorder sets in. And then one of the great passages that the Tao Te Ching gives, a tree that can fill the span of a man's arms grows from a downy tip. A terrace nine stories high rises from hods full, a little, little shovel full of earth. And then you can finish this, a journey of a thousand miles mm -hmm. starts from beneath one's feet. So as we strive to uh, gather all the good, we, w the reason we want to reach out with the searching foot is our, all of life is to try and be good. Um, being and becoming is the critical thing. And truth and goodness and beauty, wherever I find it, will make me persuade and entice and invite me to be a better person. And Mormonism has a lot of that. Oh, Latter-day Saintism. <laughs> Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saintism. <laughs> uh, has so much goodness and so much truth. Not all. Uh, it has very mature truth. Others have, in areas, greater maturity. Um, so I, I fixed that. But I, I am in such need of perfecting that I need all of it to perfect me. I don't think if I were Catholic, just Catholicism would do it. Or if I was Islam, just Islam would do it. Or I'm a Latter-day Saint, just Latter-day Saintism would do it. Uh, I'm a hopeless case. <laughs> I have a long way to go. And I need all the goodness and inspiration of goodness that I can find. Uh, to get me where God needs me to go. Um, so I'll conclude with just this one thought. Maybe that's a good place to conclude. Um, I was in China teaching Chinese wisdom uh, with a guide for two or three weeks. We were together, lovely man, just really, really. And um, for, a lot, for a while, communism, uh, Mao and his... Uh, following, uh, they down, they pushed down centuries of Chinese wisdom. You know, Chinese wisdom, they never had a Dark Ages. They had dynasties rise and right. fall and what civil wars. Yeah. And they never had a Dark Ages. They yeah. never lost it. It was always there. Um, but he didn't know some of these things, you know. And, and so he's, he's drinking in his own culture from a Westerner of all people. You know, and when I got bad, done, I try to do this in every country I visit. I try to find a person of that country, of that religion, of that culture, and thank them. And and I said, Bing, I just want to thank you as representative of your people, your culture, your wisdom, your religions for enriching my life and making me a better person. Uh, I am a better person because of what 
your nation produced. And I would do that in France or Germany or Saudi Arabia or wherever, Polynesia. They all have things that, that give. And at the end, he gave me the highest compliment I've ever received in life. Uh, he reached out and he patted my heart. He just patted my heart like this. And he said, Chinese, Chinese. Wow. And I would like to live and I would encourage all of us to live so that whatever the other is, we have a problem with otherness. We want to solve the problem of otherness. I think God made otherness to see how we deal with it. Hmm. And we don't always deal with it very well. But hopefully I'll come to the point in my life where the Frenchman and the Italian, uh, the, the black, uh, the uh, Polynesian, the, the Orthodox, the Muslim, that who, whoever, wherever the, the, the otherness exists, that that person could look at me because of how I've acted or what I've said or what I've tried to learn about what they have to give, that all of them uh, would reach out and pat the heart and say, Chinese, Irish, <laughs> Polynesian, and, mm -hmm. you know, what, whatever. Because I feel when I get all that goodness in me, all that truth, then God will reach out mm -hmm. and pat my heart and say, I'm here. Godliness, godliness, I'm here. You've put me in your heart. You found me everywhere I was. And that's what we want. And I never have to move my fixed foot. Right. See? I, I get to keep it right there. I don't, I don't have to be nervous about it. Anyway, thank uh, you very much. Well, thank it's you. It's been fun for to, to chat with you. And I, Hopefully I didn't go too No, <laughs> no, this, no, this has been much. absolutely inspiring. And it, and it feels like a beginning, you know, it feels like a real invitation to, to, to search, to just, I think, to start looking. So it's, thank you it's so truly, much. It's truly expansive. And I think it, it really illustrates what we hope for, for Faith Matters yeah. generally. So can I come enough. back from it loving Joseph Smith more. I really mm. do. And Jesus. I, I just come back. Every time I come back, amazed at what Joseph Smith did and taught. Like I say, I'll say, ah, oh, there's, uh, mm -hmm. there's Confucius right there. <laughs> you know, there, yeah. uh, he, he amazes me when I come back to him. Well, thank you so much thank for you. your You're time welcome. and for all your work. We'll link to all of this that you've mentioned for sure. Okay, thanks a ton for listening, and we really hope you enjoyed this concluding part of the conversation with Michael Wilcox. And as always, if Faith Matters content is resonating with you and you get a chance, we'd love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on. It definitely helps get the word out about Faith Matters, and we really appreciate the support. Thanks again for listening, and as always, you can check out more at faithmatters.org.